0: Whenever that...
1: um, Yeah, musicians are people too. Yeah,
0: But they don't even... A lot of them don't even know that. That's my point. It's like, it's okay for you to like not be in that place right now. You can just chill. You don't have to be like front man right now. You can just chill.
2: Yeah. Yeah, So that's my point. Well, and it's easy to just, you know, it gives a lot back when you give to it. it. Um, But uh, the... um, Yeah, it's also easy to only go for that as the the bit of validation
1: well that's that's definitely this show is like the thought is music people or people connected to the music community Mm -hmm. but we don't have to talk about music in fact i kind of like when people like will unwind a little and just shoot the shit i mean that's the whole premise is you want to feel like you're in a room with this person yeah yeah and me yeah because my fucking show and I get in Charlotte, I guess. Here, sometimes. I guess. So I guess. I guess sometimes. And um, but you want—I mean, that's the point. I want, you, I want you to feel like you're in a room with us, with this group right now, just hanging out, just talking some shit. And I think that that's definitely—that's definitely my aim. There's a lot of good local, like Denver podcasts that already do the very formulated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interview, like question one, 100%. question two, yeah. yeah. You know, let's play a game now. You well, know, it's like
2: who knows. You may have a guess where you are like, shit. I really do have any questions. I gotta just like, you know. <laughs> it's like there, there's a time and a place for it too, which yeah. is always cool. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. Not
0: like there's rules against it. Yeah, yeah. It's just not like the main point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. There's no. There's no bits. That, well, actually, okay. Now the one bit that we that we said, which we didn't do for Connors, but that's because I know you already. Well, I know um, Sword. I know you more so. But like the one bit. With with Charlotte inviting people in is I want her to so you could do it right now like introduce me to this beautiful human that we're talking to that loves you so much that you know take time out of their very very busy lives that's my fucking to right come there. fucking
3: <laughs> <and hang>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes okay this is Will Trask he is a drummer for pretty much every band you've ever seen live um, I don't even remember like. When I actually met you, because I've known you for so long, but I remember because I've been, you know, shitting in the scene for a long time. And so you were always like on the stage, like unattainable, meaning like I didn't know you. not like.
2: Yeah. Well, no, that's interesting because I'm also not immediately recalling yeah. the first
0: round.
1: You're just a very intimidating no, person. God, not intimidating.
0: <laughs> just busy. Right? Oh, oh, You're not intimidating at all. But, you know, I always actually, it became my goal before I even, like, officially met you to get a good photo of you because you were always, like, in yeah. the back, in the, the fog. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um,
0: I have now attained that goal. I still am yo, going still. Yo, but... you,
2: you've got more than many. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got a whole library
3: of at, great show shots.
0: That's at sure. Connor's show, um, you were in the front. Yes. On the right. I was like, mm-hmm. are you kidding? I mean, you still had some, you know, things blocking you, unfortunately, but I was like, This'll
2: work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we so. we lucked out that that's, uh, that's where Mono and Funky Knuckles wanted the drums. It's just like, well, yeah.
0: we can work with that. Yeah.
2: If anything, I felt bad. K Dubs was just getting blasted. She was like right next to the kid. I was like, oh, you poor girl. <laughs> yeah. No one should have to deal with such an onslaught. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that but is She
0: worse. did have very cool lights on her, just saying, For, more like, I mean, a picture yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fuck your ears if you look cool up there. <laughs> it's yeah. Worth it, right? yeah, it's worth it. <laughs>
0: Dude, well, Got I AirPods? mean, yeah, sound
2: half as good as she does. One of the good ones, for sure. That
1: was a great show, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's love nice that show. Oh, I'm glad you're out there. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, we got you know,
0: some... I got to say, just on, like, a nerdy photographer, color person, like, your lights, your colors of your lights and everything were even better than mono-neons, in my Whoa. opinion. And I love mono neon and, like, just, like, all the no, photos. No, you just went there, girl. Oh, yeah. I know. And I was like, mm, all the photos that he posts of himself, like, it's, like, literally... These colors that I'm obsessed with, but just like noticing editing. Later. Well, it's
2: we may have lucked out. I mean, honestly, the advantage one of the advantages when you're an opener is like if a national tour can't bring their own production people, they're at the mercy of the house people, mm-hmm. who are in our case, luckily fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But they also work with us all the time.
1: Modernia so like didn't bring their own. I think they brought lighting? their own sound guy. I oh, think but they not lights guy. Okay. You know, right on. and
0: um, I'm not at all saying anything bad about the light person is literally just the way the photos turned out no yeah if anything I think it's just we've just
2: worked with them you know we've probably just worked with them a lot and they've maybe lit our shows before which is extremely helpful
1: (laughs) (laughs) experience matters yeah
2: yeah well, well and just with the music it's like you can have yeah. the best technical know-how but if you know the songs the song, and yeah, where the parts are coming true. then dude, like you're gonna have some
1: i'm always some amazed reference. i'm always amazed when a lighting guy who's not doesn't travel with the band whatever like can can i don't know anticipate those songs that well or maybe oh, most yeah. of the time they really know that but sometimes i'm like jesus christ and i'll ask it was like that has to be your lighting guy they're like no that's yeah. the venues i'm like what the
2: fuck yeah 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 no, no it's dude there are extremely talented production yeah. such an art form cool. Thing you're spoiled
1: and it and makes so much difference you know kind of like to your point the the look the lighting is like oh yeah. it's huge
2: yeah absolutely no essential essential stuff
1: yeah, no, that was a great show. And I actually never even heard of Mono Neon before that. So. Oh, really? Nope.
0: Yeah, now he went there. <laughs> I went there.
1: Oh, yeah. I went there. Oh, I'll go there all day. Oh, yeah. no, I'll that, go there all night. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: No, I mean, you know, you, I. there's plenty of times where I've yeah. been lucky enough to be in the know on something cool. And then there's plenty of times where I've been super late to the party on something that's been New- out New in one. the world, you know? Sitting over
0: there. Yeah. I mean, there's so sure. much music out here. It's like, very elitist to be judgmental that people don't know things, but it can be very surprising,
1: right? Well, I don't even know if it's just out here. It's like well, everywhere yeah. that it it just, uh, um, there's so much music. I'm constantly, you know, even people, I'm more of a rock guy, but even mm. friends of mine that I chat with about rock music and they start naming these bands and these acts. I know the fuck. And usually there's a connection. Oh yeah, well that guy also played in this group. Oh, really? That's the guitarist drummer from this band. Like, really? And that's what happened with Mono Neon. But I had never heard that name Mono Neon before. Yeah,
2: interesting. Interesting. But he was sick as shit. I mean, he's yeah, he's one of the greatest alive. Yeah.
1: Fuck yeah. What was with the sock over the headstock? What is that?
2: That's just a part of his shtick, man. I mean, since he uh since he started performing under that name, I mean he basically just had custom made clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there's been different phases of it. Like if you look, you know, originally it was like kind of crazy. Baggy, I don't quite know what to call the style of pants. They were—they had like big cargo pockets, and they almost yeah, looked yeah. like wind-resistant or whatever. And then he had the F.C. Hoodies, pants. And, but it all says Mono Neon like all fucking over it. Genkos? So I, 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 I don't know point. at exactly what point he decided he to fully commit, but yeah. he's, you know—he has a look. Yeah, yeah. The the persona has been like alive and flourishing for quite some time. It's and really s- fun. And
1: some cool. of that stuff—I mean, the wild colors, the like you're saying. If, well, Jenko's like a skater pants, but the big baggy pants. That all makes sense, but the sock over the. (laughs) I was like, it's like, does he? It's like he has like a condom hanging off his headstock there? And I thought for sure it'd be sound. I'm like, is that to mute? Is that to mute some strings or something? I think it would in theory. Yeah, because I've done the thing, you know, um, when I'm tracking guitar sometimes, especially if I'm doing tapping, I've done that thing of like wrapping my sock around kind of like the first fret to be a mute so you don't hear the open string. Yeah. But I didn't know if that's what it was, because in his case, I mean, he had like a giant neon sock like half flopping off the top of the guitar. No, I mean
2: yeah, yeah. If it's if it's For fucking <laughs> if it's
1: on your strings yeah. that
2: much, it's definitely as much function as fashion. Yeah. Probably.
1: Right. That, I ne- I never seen somebody put it over the whole headstock like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember, like, did he tune? How would you tune? I mean, I guess you could still oh, yeah, yeah. Like, reach in there and do it. I think he has holes in the sock.
2: He has holes in the sock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the knobs are still
1: accessible so
2: yeah we had a promo video that came out from
1: that Mm. where
2: like seth had
1: it stop on
2: like it was like ding and it was like mono neon socks
1: yeah yeah. And you could see the could see pegs the are coming out. Still oh, out. So, yeah. interesting. I think he cut holes for the tuning pegs. Or he just wore them oh. so much that he wore holes into them. Maybe. And then yeah. that's, he was like, all right, now it's time. Put it on the base. It's,
2: it's uh, without further <laughs> forensic evidence. It will never know.
1: know you know what you could do? You <laughs> just go over and you get just smell his base. Just sniff his headstock yeah. and you'd be like, oh man, that's some funky. That's a funky neon foot on this face.
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: he's the baddest, no doubt about it. So, what's is his band also like very famous people or uh I wouldn't
2: say very famous, but definitely like um, a bunch of them have you know toured with other artists, sure. and uh, a couple of his bandmates from Ghost Note are in the band uh, as well.
1: Okay. Yep, um,
2: and so is like Prince, really. Yeah, yeah, Prince's yeah, Prince yeah, yeah, bass
1: was... player, but right? did like me that didn't know Mono Neon prince's bass player
2: yeah and 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 for whatever it's worth too it was it was he was one of the they were like forming a new band right before he passed away so he had done some uh some sessions at paisley and shit but uh they hadn't really done like a full tour or anything like that you know and so
1: oh he's just at the very end he was playing. yeah yeah oh.
2: but they were working out new shit it wasn't like uh, you know like i was lucky enough i actually got to see prince twice in one day wow um but it and it was with most of his guys from like his early 2000s uh band when he was touring the musicology albums like John Blackwell on drums yeah. uh Rhonda Smith on bass Mike Scott on guitar he Mike might, might not have been in the band that year but um the uh you know it was very much it was it, it was he was still doing a lot of his like the stylings of like his early 2000s yeah. show what he's
1: known for kind yeah, of popular yeah yeah
2: and then the next year, he switched to the all-female band. And that was like another era where he was doing really new shit. And, sure. You know.
1: I don't even remember that. Uh, he had an all-female band?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the Ogden in 2013 with an all-female band for a oh, bunch okay. of nights. And that he toured that for a
1: while. That's cool. What was yeah, that? Yeah. The musicality? Like, musically, was that different? Was that less funk? It
2: was more or? of a rock band. It oh, was like okay. mostly
1: guitar players. Because I'm um, thinking that like, <laughs> it's that awful actor that has like the all-woman band everybody call cory feltman you ever see cory feltman oh jesus <laughs> but i mean I, i'm sure, i know prince is a lot no. more class but, <laughs> but I, i'm just imagining prince is like i just want a bunch of sexy women back there oh just i mean doing their
2: thing yeah but yeah they had to be complete fucking assassins i mean he was yeah you know, well right he, he's yeah i think he he's a complicated dude like but i don't think he was like a an an asshole or a bad person by any means but he definitely was pretty musically demanding yes you know he had that
1: reputation
2: like there's actually there's a great there's a great series on youtube and i feel like an asshole that i can't remember her name but the drummer from that tour did like a series of lessons through Drumio, which is like a big you know youtube channel i've heard of that yeah um and i i checked it out and you know, having done a, a good amount of homework on on Prince music over the years, you know, I was like, oh, it'll be interesting to hear because the grooves themselves are like pretty simple. And most of the stuff on this channel is with guys who can really chop and it's more of a fusion thing. So I'm like, that's cool. They're breaking down pop shit, um, you know, more detailed. Yeah. And she's talking all about how like, you know, she wrote out everything. She came like correct. She was ready, oh. ready to go. Yeah. I was super confident. And so at this point, she's almost like, oh yeah, he's just going to be like checking out how dope I'm killing this shit. Yeah, yeah. And then they play it down at the end of the song. He's like, oh man, sound really good. You know, it's almost there, but uh, it's actually the like tip of the hi-hat and it's more in the center.
3: You (laughs) know, it's it's closer
2: to the bell. Yeah. And she's like, oh fuck and she had to go back and listen to all the grooves she's like well if i didn't hear that what the fuck
1: else yeah did i miss over here you know what i
2: mean and so it's like yeah it's easy to think oh it's just this basic eighth note groove or whatever but there's really a lot of fucking serious detail in that stuff even even in the simpler uh side of the catalog absolutely Well,
1: and I think a lot of times pop, because the melodies are so hooky and they're so like straightforward, mm-hmm. that's where you find so much depth in that stuff. Like there's a lot of pop records, the best ones is like the production is insane or just the, the the slight, you know, the phrasing differences that you use one time versus the other and a lot of the texture aspects of like mm-hmm. where are you actually hitting this or that or where are you yeah. actually playing up and down, you know, makes a huge, huge difference. And that kind of stuff like sticks out a lot. When uh it's, it's it's less about you know uh, it, sort of like intricacies of uh, a lot of accompaniments and harmony. Well, and it's no,
2: I mean, it's something I have to consider on every single gig I play because whether it's drums or percussion, it's like unless I'm like, a serious creative force in the band generally speaking they already have stuff that's out so then yeah. it's like okay what type of hi-hats am i bringing how high sure. is my snare are you trying to produce bring...
1: the recordings when you do that. i mean
2: it, it split the difference yeah you know it's like to some degree i need to just be able to play how i feel in the room totally. and sometimes that's like okay i'm using my 16 inch hi-hats at this gig even though that isn't what was on the record, but it's going to feel better with the band because we need less high end on this stage. Like there's times where I make different calls, but it's definitely like it's music first always. Sure. Like it's whatever the the song needs specifically. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, you know, it's like, what's the song need? What does the band need? You know, what does the production need? Yeah. But it's like the song is the... Is the North Star. It's nice know? to
1: have, like, especially for drumming. I have a couple sets of cymbals, and it's nice oh, yeah. to have that. Big time. Like, I got like maybe, oh, only a one set of major shells, the toms mm. and the kick, but I got like a couple different sets of cymbals, like four different snares. Totally, cause man. Because that's every session, it's slight. Even sometimes just one. Well, this that one symbol well, is no, gonna work this.
2: It's the beauty of drums, is you really? I mean, you nailed it. It's like you can have one kit and retune it a million ways, but a symbol can only sound so many different yeah. ways. So you are kind of like. Um, it's why with most cats, you can get away with buying one kit and using it for like 10 years. Yeah. Even if, you know, it's like you can play a bottom you know, you can play a Zeppelin tribute on a standard kit if you know how to tune it right. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, And if anything, it's percussions kind of where it gets trickier because there it's like, what instruments do I bring? Yeah. How does the workflow setup go? Because sometimes, you know, yeah, it's just a lot trickier. Like drums, you can play almost any gig ever on a four piece drum set. Right. And you're just at that point picking snare tuning, and whether you need stacks or
1: do you? So how? So in terms of the per- percussion instruments, like do you have a giant closet just full of like a million different? I have so much gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and drums take up space. Okay, how many drum kits you have? Ish. Man, this is a great question. Well, that's gonna say. Oh look, the you fact that you can't even it. fucking <laughs> say it off the bat that sets the
2: tone. Yeah. It's like at least four or five and then a bunch of orphans. Yeah. That's plenty. Um, That's fucking that's that's a lot. Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of shit for sure. That's just I mean, one of them lives in the Midwest (laughs) because the the main like Americana band I tour with the High Hawks plays a lot out there. And so I scored like a super cheap vintage set of shells. And like it was basically like, okay, I'm going to pay more in rental fees then this is going to cost Did you see it. Yeah. And yeah. you leave it with one of the
1: other guys. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that my
2: keyboard player holds onto it. You that's know, that's cool. And like, I'm, I, I told him, I was like, your kids better use it. Cause they're both great musicians oh. and love to play. Yeah. So that it was also like, well, if they're going to use it, then all the better. Yeah, you know? man, get some use out of it.
1: That's the first time I ever really started playing drums as my drummer from high school left this kid at my house. Oh, yeah. You didn't have space for it, really. It's a dangerous thing to have a drum set in the house. Oh, beautiful. Well, <laughs> dangerous for
2: everybody else. Yeah, Good for you. Yes. Yes. Well, no, and for your time and for things to do, though.
0: Oh, but
1: you It's know? so good. <laughs> like, yeah, but I...
0: you can replace that with anything. To have video games in the house, very dangerous. Like, oh, yeah. dude,
1: yeah, oh, anything yeah. that, that <laughs> takes up your time. <laughs> to
0: have a laptop.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh god. Drumming is just so fun, and it's—I don't know—it's therapeutic, and it's—it's it's good exercise. And mm-hmm. I love playing drums. I play drums all the time. It's oh fun yeah, shit.
2: yeah. I think it's just good for your general musicianship too, man. Like yes. almost every person I know who has like started playing drums after they've played other instruments it makes them better at their other instruments it's just yeah. like a good fundamental music tool
1: yep you, you pay know? attention to groove like so much yeah. more it kind of comes to the forefront of all of your other instrumentation after When well,
2: even just percussion it doesn't even necessarily need to be full drum set yeah, but dude, you just yeah. need you need to learn like counting and and how things interlock rhythmically. Mm-hmm. And you have to like actually know the numbers, not just like kind of the vague idea. <laughs> right. Know? Right.
0: You're basically Uh-oh. telling everyone the numbers. Yeah.
2: But, but that's the thing. Everyone has percussion parts like that in the, uh, friggin' Robbie and junior, my bandmate in, uh, in the other brothers, the, the guitar player who plays the Dickie Betts parts, me and him will like crack each other up. Cause I play percussion in that band. And so I'll play like, big bell timbali stuff and a lot of the vamps because yeah. that's what quinones would do and that's kind of where i can keep up with the drums and, and get the jams really big yeah, bigger, but me yeah. and he'll go for the exact same rhythmic pattern that i go for with my big cowbell part like 90 percent of the time yeah and it's because you know he's done a lot of homework and he knows a bunch of that stuff and he has an incredible pocket but i'll have to damn like damn it, i gotta change he beat me to it yeah and <laughs> like just... the damn guitar player stole the cool cowbell part yeah <laughs> um but it's like yeah you're gonna be doing you know that was a whole part of jocko's playing too was like a lot of his he was taking conga rhythms and just fitting them into bass lines yeah and the intervals fit really well totally you know and so it's like yeah you're gonna be using all that stuff regardless of whether you're in the brass or you know playing guitar or playing keyboards because i mean especially keys it's like you're doing everything you're
1: you know, oh yeah, the patty-washy
2: stuff and the hyper-percussion stuff. Yeah, you got all the
1: bass and the... Tr- you're doing, like, like... You know, that's what I remember somebody saying why piano's so cool, because, you know, you got treble, bass, it's melodic, it's it's harmonic, and then it's also percussive. Yeah. Kind of runs the whole gamut. Well, it's... I mean, honestly,
2: man, bass is... uh Like, in my experience, the, the bass player is truly in the hot seat when it comes to, like, subbing or being the new guy in the band. Because, like... Drums you also are too, because you're the band stylistically. Like if your tempos feel weird or your tone's not right, like everybody's gonna notice. Yeah, people are gonna notice and and the band's not gonna be comfortable. But if I if everything else feels great and I forget to go to the ride in the chorus, Mm -hmm. it's kinda no harm, no foul. If the bass player plays a four chord instead of a five chord and someone is singing, they're having an atrocious day. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's like it is it is you only have to play one note at a time. 98% 98% of the time yeah, but, but you, you, right are, you are not
1: ever allowed to make mistakes of any kind well also I think the best like rhythm sections the bassist sort of drives the band really. oh
2: no yeah, yeah ba- bass and drums you, you sort of like yeah, you kind of have a hand in the musical direction no matter what. Yeah. Like, you, you, it is the, yeah, they, they, they do drive the bus. Yeah. That's like a common.
1: Well, and, saying, I, and I think there is, is, there's you're... a slight difference when, like, you can tell when the drummer is sort of really leading the bass player. And, and in certain parts, that works really mm. well, too. Certain songs and, and, yeah, yeah. and ensembles. But then a lot of, t- I usually definitely get hotter on when the bassist is kind of like leading. It feels like they're like leading the drummer.
2: Yeah. No, it, it goes both that. ways for sure. I mean, I think with bass, um, base the worry is like the more you take fills uh and don't play the line the more the melodic points lose yeah, their reference totally yep whereas if i do a big gospel fill it's sort of annoying but if the baseline is still there they have their like melodic texture
1: right right, right. to base it off yeah, you're, not, of. so you're it's not like getting into their territory
2: yeah so. yeah the comping the comping strategies are definitely very different for both right. instruments <laughs> that's a know. good
1: point that's a good point Yeah, I mean, I think, like you were saying, guitar, playing the drum rhythms, but also, yeah, that's also a big thing with the bass, for sure. It's like the upper registers or the lower registers, and, you know, what what part of the rhythm are they trying to, like, yeah get on top oh, yeah yeah and then when they lock in together is a beautiful thing too but you can't always have the bass and the drums like hitting you can't have the bass hitting like every single kick and snare hit it's
2: yeah oh man and i mean that there's um a lot of times it's about the ones you're not hitting and like which ones you're you're missing or yeah. it's like you're covering it with ghost notes but yeah it's, yeah. it's easy to over syncopate for sure yeah for
1: sure definitely i um, think that's the thing i always tend to do as a bass player because i'm not very good at bass that's mm-hmm. always like a hard thing for me to do is fill in the bass stuff and i just end up over syncopating way too much yeah yeah because i love this drum part that i've programmed or played or something and all i know how to do is like follow the guitar chords and hit every (laughs) what
2: is your what is your principal instrument
1: mostly guitar nice yeah i mean i started off as a singer i think i'm still more primarily a singer that's i have the best Mm -hmm. like range technique singing for sure I'm not that great of a guitarist, but I play a lot of guitar at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just fun. It's it's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was saying that lately, last couple of years, I've played a lot of drums. Awesome. Um, because I felt like I got to a point with guitar where, you know, to get to the next uh, echelon, which I still am working on, it's just... I'm in a, I'm in a middle ground there where I just kind of was like running in circles a little bit. But drums, when I started playing drums again, like maybe four years ago now, I was so out of practice that is so fun because I start building up my yeah, chops. Yeah, 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 Every practice I could, like, do a little more. Yeah, totally. So it gets exciting.
2: Totally, man. That's incredible.
1: It gets a lot of energy out, for sure. I usually just listen to music and mm-hmm. play. I mean, yeah. do you ever... Do you, do you just, like, jam around on drums, too, or do you um, listen to, like, click track or play along to other records? Have you ever done oh, that? Oh, I
2: mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was literally doing that today. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, if, like... Yeah, I mean, for learning music, it's invaluable. If you have recordings, you can play, to.
1: Yeah, to learn it.
2: Uh, it, Yeah. But you, do you ever
1: just put on, like, a, like one of your favorite records and just oh, play it? Oh, yeah, yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Oh, tons, just you know? I mean, yeah, just- yeah, like,
2: uh, I would say less so when I started touring more on an account of, like, whether it's charting or playing homework takes up, like, an yeah. insane amount of my time. And yeah. so it's, like, my off... You know, it's like, yeah, if anything, I'm more likely to just be like, I'll be in the middle of a practice section. And right before I take a break, I'll be like, you know what, man, it's, it's been a minute since I've, you know, since I gave another crack at actual proof or whatever. Like, let's, yeah. let's get after it yeah. for a minute, you know? <laughs> that's cool. Um, but then, you know, you still, um, you know, you also still have to practice a good amount. I mean, that's the other thing is like, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, when when you have to help other people create music and you're not composing everything yourself, you need as broad a skill set yeah. as possible to be of service to people. And so it's yeah. also like, I still have to do a good amount of like, okay, play rudiments to this BPM, you right. know, learn new conga patterns. Yeah. And
1: that's what I was wondering. Um, if, you, if you got to a spot where you're just kind of like... But, but no you're saying pretty much you do have to go back and like work on rudiments yeah no no no. i'm still to just a yeah, click track kind of no thing. big time it's still still
2: going to work on fundamentals yeah. for sure when you play live do you have a click in your ear you play oh, with certain or? bands yeah with it connor changed. i do actually yeah, yeah yeah um yeah any band where there's like delays and and that sort of thing it can help a lot uh but it also can be annoying when it's like Ninety percent of the time, I do it. I have to like run it off my phone and listen to a monitor, and that's definitely like
1: oh yeah,
2: that's not sucks. the best. Whereas like other times, like when when I play with Sun Squabby, you know they have tons of backing tracks and play to a click. Yeah, but Kev has that handled in Spades, and it's on like a separate channel
1: channel, yeah, and so it's really
2: up. worked into the workflow where it's yeah. just like
1: butter. Yeah, that's totally doable these days. Or you know, I don't know if you have ever seen um, the like the watch, or I think maybe you can get an app for your watch that it just vibrates to the BPM.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard about
1: that. Yeah. I, when I use the,
2: the live BPM app when I don't play to a click like that, I try and use that at most, unless unless my- What is that? Um, It's a it's an app that just- Oh, it uh, listens
1: and, yeah. oh, and displays your yeah, BPM. Yeah, it just displays oh. the BPM number. Yeah, so you yeah. can just look to
2: see it, like am, mm-hmm.
1: I, am I pushing, am I sliding? No, and
2: I even use it on sessions sometimes. I'll just like put it up just, you know, because I, I can
1: hear it, but like- just in case yeah it's like, oh yeah shit there you go fuck yeah man well it's like it's a good a, good point of reference it's like having a tuner you know yes. i mean i could tune by ear and if you play me e on the p i could tune it but like fuck that man it's easy i just look at the lights
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah no it's i mean yeah to me functions just so important it's like if you can tune and spare the audience just fucking do to it, it and yeah like It's true. Um, You know, and there's also something to be said for like lots of bands I play with, like absolute, you know, like I don't think High Hawks would ever play to a click live. We do our studio stuff to it, but I don't
1: uh Now some live, it's just like,
2: no way. I mean, you know, we go super far out. It's super psychedelic and deady and and the singers want to do, you know, if they're feeling hype, they probably want to count it in a little faster. Faster. And that's like, you know, it's better to just have their back on it as much as possible. For sure. You know, if anything like, sometimes i'm like yo yo like i want to have your back but like that was too quick or that was too draggy like that you know maybe let's split the difference cross a line but yeah it's like you know it's it's someone else's tune you gotta have their back as much as possible
1: yeah and you're right the way you're feeling in the moment it can change it a little bit here there the other thing i noticed like doing a lot of progressive rock stuff where and and various covers. I do a lot of retro video game covers. Oh, if you cool! Tell by all the yeah, yeah, yeah. retro video. No, games I was everywhere. super
3: impressed with
2: the collection, man. There's some choice cuts in there.
1: But that's one where <laughs> you know, playing to a click is hot. It's well, just building tempo maps for everything can be tedious, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and especially it depends on your song, but if you've got like a big 10, 20 minute piece that you know changes ups and downs and slides and everything i mean it's not that one you could do it you could build a tempo map but that's often i feel like the yeah, barrier yeah, of like takes... that one we're just going to turn the click off because yes. nobody you know because bob over here didn't take the time to click 30 no, times and you know? y- yeah 100 percent. it's like <laughs> it is mappable there's times where that makes complete sense it's also
2: like tons of your favorite records just push and drag and are a bunch of yes. people like negotiating it in real time and making music and i think to some degree you got to keep a little bit of that like
1: i found that um by working up like i've done a couple recorded covers in 2020 i was doing a little campaign of like uh, putting out covers on spotify songs but when i try to find i'd use like a bpm you know mapper mm -hmm. i would find some of these awesome some of my favorite songs from like real you know Mm -hmm. top produced commercial people and there you can tell there's no click track. And I never knew listening to it. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. when I actually try to like tempo map oh, it, yeah. it's all fucked up. And I'm like, dude, did that guy literally did Jimmy Chamberlain literally just fucking do that all, you know, by his own nuts. And he did. Yeah. And he's he's pretty close. But when you look on the computer, it's like, mm, man, yeah. you're a little off here. You're a little late. And no,
2: of- I mean, dude, Rosanna by Toto is not recorded to a click. Wow. And that's like a premium song you would yeah. just think, of course they did. Yeah, it's like, Naaman, gre- oh, like, no, man. Picaro was just like, no, dude, let's just grease it. It'll be great. <sighs> and like, yeah, it's the best the shit ever. Craziness.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, there is something about back in the day before you had so much, so many computer tools you was you had to i don't know you just had to be even better you had to like capture this like lightning in a bottle like when you could and now it's kind of like you know if if you got enough sparks in the bottle the bottle's pretty enough you could kind of you could shape it later and you know well no
2: man i i go back and forth through this it's funny i was just talking about this in in the in the van with the with the taylor scott band uh when we were coming back from vale um or at least my bass player we weren't we weren't in the band proper but just that it's like uh yeah it's like i definitely try and encourage young musicians to really respect what came before because it was a completely different landscape it's like yeah yeah, if you if you're a drummer in the 50s through the 70s you need to be able to read super freaking well you're not going to be able to just peep something on spotify before a jam like yours yeah, gotta be sharp yeah you gotta be able to play you know
1: um yeah, the bar was higher
2: yeah and then same deal with recording it's like there was just you know you're down to back in the day two tracks and then eight but like you know like uh when i was researching like how the dap kings made their records they did it old school they did the two two Lights. mics at the back to recreate that sound and that meant if the conga player played too loud or the guitar amp was too loud redo the whole take yeah because that's you know that's yeah. what's at the back of the room right and um but then on the flip i think there's real fucking art in in working this stuff and knowing how to do it well and you know being able to be a one-man band it's like you know it's like i think it goes both ways it's like i think you should use the tools to the best of your ability but you should also like you know honor the old ways and sure and and, you know, do well, it, split it, the difference as much as he can.
1: It matters, too, kind of the aim, I think. You big know, time, um, big so time. I, I did my master's in acoustics at Penn State, and one guy came to talk to us was this guy, Tom Holdman, where if you ever seen the those movies, it's his THX sound. That's mm-hmm. him. That's Tom Holdman sound that he did for studio for Sony Studios. But he had this quote I loved in his presentation, like right at the beginning, where he's talking about records, making records, and he's like, records are not real life. He's like, they're better Than real, (laughs) and see that's that always stuck in my head, and and even as that's my many things I like to make records, even since I was a little kid, and I just kind of developed this mentality of like I just want this record to sound as good as fucking possible. I want to get as close to the vision that I have as possible, and I'll be damned, however I get there, kind of thing. Absolutely, but sometimes, man there's like I'm saying li- li- lightning's in the bottle and usually that's the shit you don't see coming and it and it's- makes it even more like fun and exciting. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't mean for us to do it that way but now but, we did it that way and li- now we're going to do it that way every time we well, play no, it no, I mean, dude, so the, first,
2: the first distorted guitar amp was because <laughs> it was so, broken. It was
1: a broken amp. You yeah, know? Man, exactly.
2: Then, yeah, Let's that, that think about, it. oh, absolutely, it's cool. Um. Yeah. Just think about how hard of a pivot that was yes. in the in the <laughs> macro, man. I know. It's just insane. I remember
1: hearing. I forget who it was, but I remember hearing that story where one of the channels was like fucked up on this board. I think it was, and it was it was distorted, and they made this record with it, and everybody loved it. Everybody kept wanted to come to this studio to, yeah, to work get on that sound. this board to go through this channel because it was the only one that had that sound until they kind of figured out like oh yeah it's broken and like here's how it's broken and then they start making and modding the circuits to like overdrive these circuits and clip yeah them. oh that's crazy and then that's just devolved into you know the vast majority of guitar sound to, well I mean, the vast well, yeah, because that is the majority that's funny because I I heard it differently
2: I thought okay. the inciting incident was a was a like a blown tube or something and it was something with the
1: amp in an amp I always heard it was in a board yeah well no but i i'm sure Listen, both Denver, are roxine yeah. kids look <laughs> look it up and you get back to us in the comments leave it um
2: but uh yeah i think uh either way i'm sure honestly i'd bet probably both are true depending yeah. on you know i'm sure you could find find either totally you know?
1: but those um, like happy accidents like that and that still happens to me all the time especially too. with pedals I don't know if you ever, if you poked around the library, remember down? On chair. I did. But actually. I have a huge pedal collection. Uh-huh. I fucking love pedals. And so often, so I mean, I a lot have of
3: one for Christmas.
1: That's right. Nice. A lot of times Sparkle. I'll have like a sound in mind and I go, Oh, I want this sound. I know how to create it or I'm going to try to create it. And I go for it. But sometimes in the process of doing that, I'll just like come up with, some, you know, I'll just yeah. hit another yeah, little yeah, yeah, notch yeah. and I went, that's not what i expected at all but and and i can't even use that in this song whatsoever but i'm remembering that motherfucker because that is some shit
2: yeah i mean no it's so true man happy accidents i mean that's the thing i think you know making whether it's a song or an album but it's like there's just something about putting music to tape where there it's just the new horizon every time like anything's possible it can go any direction like I don't think I've ever had a session where I didn't come away with something different, even if it was as a by run of the mills, you know, run of the numbers, like just usual overdubbing session or whatever. There's always some where you're like, Oh damn, that's
1: huh. Yeah. Who'd have done that? Right. Right.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and I actually, I meant to bring that up uh, earlier when I was just talking about the differences and how just musicianship operated with technology. But you also see that as like, you know, people's attentions have changed. Yes. around social media the ability to ingest the whole record has changed yeah. you know we're kind of in the era of the single yep we and, were just yeah, yeah. yeah. connor was saying dude
1: connor's saying that my band Masuji, that's what tom keeps saying is like we're we're all gravitating towards the and i like records for sure i have yeah, it yeah. but no. that's not the way it's going yeah i mean I, you know
2: it's like anything i think if i think at the end of the day you got to do what you're passionate about within reason. Like obviously if, if the, if the market demands are just absolutely not happening, then you got to figure something out. But generally speaking, it's like, okay, you sell less records because it's niche, but your fans are obsessed with you or whatever. It's like, maybe that's worth pursuing. Maybe that's like a long-term relationship that's beneficial or, you know, or it's like, or, you know, you try the single thing and you actually find success. And maybe it's like, Oh damn, I, you know, I had a perspective change on this. Who knows? And that's like, I was gonna say, just you know, I I always try and encourage people to try and have the same mentality about both. It's like, yes, you know, they're, uh you should be able to make a great record and like learn that process. But I, you know, don't dismiss new ways or things out of out of uh, you know elitism or whatever because yeah. it's you know that it's going to change whether you like it or not to a certain degree. And <laughs> that's I think, true. I think it's better, generally speaking, to like embrace it and see where it goes. That's and then right. If it's just not happening then you can always just like bail and go back yeah go back to square one
1: but yeah you definitely want to have at least an open mind about something that you are you know is your craft let's say like you want to no it's massively important you're right having that having this sort of attitude um you know whether you want to call it like a dismissive elitist whatever but it's purist is maybe the word i'm looking for yeah unless
0: it's, it's (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it's like a fear of change, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. And just like in the photography world, I won't name who said this, but I remember one photographer was like, There's new photographers with their little fractal filter things. Like, no, of course. That's just not, you know, that's not a professional photographer. Well, I love my fractal, as you yeah. may know. Yeah. And then guess what? Like two months later, I saw him using them too. Because he just was honestly justifying why he didn't use it. Yeah. Because people do like it. Of course. It just doesn't have to be your thing. But the other thing with like releasing the singles, which we also just talked about with Connor, I think you can still release, you can still have an album and release singles as oh, you yeah, go, yeah, yeah. and then once it's done, there's your album. Now you have the best of both worlds. Well, which is it's slow. yeah,
2: and I mean, I think that's where people have been struggling to to find the difference because I think if you really talk to purists, like no, yeah. back in the day, you made yeah. Dark Side of the Moon, you didn't give a, fl- a yeah. fuck about the single situation. I mean, yeah. Thriller's kind of the exception there because seven of the fucking tracks were singles, it and singles. it was the the album but yeah um, but
1: that's definitely the exception
2: yeah but a lot of times it it kind of was either or you either were making a batch of singles and hoping it was a coherent record or you're making a super dope record with like very little and so yeah i think it is it's an art it's a combo of art and science of making an album where there's a bunch of palatable and good singles and that it's like a coherent album on its own terms but it's like that Battleground's tough, man. I mean, yeah. you know, you're you know, it's like any it's like anything. It's like you're on a razor's edge of being the shitty version of the thing, you know. <laughs> right, right.
1: Well and you bring up a good point. It's not just even the release strategy, it's like how you wrote those songs. Mm-hmm. Now, Connor was saying for his new record, he's still he's writing it as like a record oh yeah they're yeah. just going to release it single by single That's so right. so that have that cohesion no but to, but to your point i mean if you're if you're writing stuff with the idea of like this is our next single this is our next single this is our next single you could bundle them together at the end but they might not you know they'll be more like that seven singles that yeah we just tried to market
2: no it, you know it's like yeah or at that point you're just doing it as like a collection yeah and, right you know, right but it's like yeah there's it's the something- best of yeah there's there's just different the attention that goes into making a record. It's like you are trying to cover a certain amount of space and intentionality you know it's like yeah the 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 whole recipe matters
1: right you know the release strategy to me I always thought was a little similar to like you know, the Netflix kind of like full drop versus the syndicated, mm-hmm. like every yeah. week you get a new episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, every week you get a new episode and that's kind of nice because you're always excited for that one. Uh-huh. But then the one and it's over and you're like, damn it, that's it. What the fuck? Yeah. And Netflix dropped the whole season. You're like, oh, thank you, Netflix, yeah. for doing yeah, that for yeah. me. Except then you start binging the whole season and halfway through you kind of get like
0: <laughs> you're in the same spot fatigue and
1: you're like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, am I, I gotta listen to well, that first no, song again?
2: Again, it's 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 uh it's I I do have sympathy for them in that regard because it's hard to know. I mean, a they're at the mercy of whether or not it's just straight up good, and I would argue if it's good, you're just gonna plow through it.
0: Yeah, because uh,
2: I love me some good fucking TV. I'm a huge nerd, but <laughs> yeah. uh, well, um, an album
1: too, man. If every track is no, good, but there are there are
2: shows through. where the week to week experience of waiting for the cliffhanger and yeah. speculating is really important, and if you drop that, you you don't it's not as good but then there's definitely other shows where it's like there's no week-to-week appeal man i need to binge this to like keep the tie and so it's like i do feel for them where it's tough to make that calls and i've seen i've seen good shows get bad reps from the the wrong call being made where it's like man if this had been split up there's a little bit of hype i think i think this could have had some legs and then this like had this been a binge model i think it really would have grabbed some attention you know for sure
1: there's a lot of ones that Netflix does all at once where they still do cliffhangers at the end of every. Oh episode. yeah, yeah. Well, and when then
0: I, they have seasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah season wait. cliffhanger
1: that makes sense. That's like the end. but there's oh. some of them have like the end oh, of this episode. There's a cliffhanger, except it's the next one just starts right after it. So I'm like, yeah. you wasted the effort on that one. Like there were <laughs> you know, Well, they cliffhang yeah. Me well, from. I
2: mean, you know, it's all it's all part of the art. It's like at the end of the day, if the creator is saying that that's what they want that completed episode to say, sure.
1: But that doesn't lend itself as well to the full drop as if no. it was. If I had to wait a week for that, I'd be so freaking well, glued to my TV for that next one.
2: No, you're 100% right. And it's but I think what um uh I think these days a lot of creators don't consider rewatchability. And it's, I use I use Game of Thrones as an example because yeah. like the later seasons have a huge drop in quality. That's not a particularly hot. Take. Once they got out of the book, but lots of books, but at the time, especially for seasons like five and six, a lot of them were rated as good because the cliffhangers were good. But when you rewatch, you're like, some of these subplots are bullshit. Like it's yeah. definitely starting to go off the rails at about five. Like I think five yeah. and six are good. Well, I think five and is seven, the last eight are book. terrible. Yes. yes no that's that's why they're yeah. running out of book material yeah
1: once they re- once they went past the books it started getting real bad and the worse, the further they went from the books the worse it got
2: no a hundred yeah, sure. yeah and the ending's just terrible yeah. but the um. yes
1: well I like what actually happens in the end but the last two or three episodes the way they were shot the way they did it I think was so... but I think I'm sure that I'd that's... go further back than that but I roughly agree well I think, <laughs> I think kind of what ha- what actually happened in the end without spoiler in fucking Game of well, Thrones oh it's been out for years thing. we can spoil game of thrones yeah, i'm guess. calling game of thrones spoilers uh, i guess it's game of thrones it's your
0: disclaimer <laughs> yeah disclaim if you need to it might
1: actually you're right at this point i think it falls in the territory of you can't really spoil that one anymore i mean no, no you had no. your
2: chance motherfucker. there's ten thousand memes you've seen all the memes you know yeah, anyway happens?
1: i thought that made sense especially after they fucked that he was gonna end up having to like kill her like, that kind of made sense to me but i think the way that they did it was just so bad you were supposed to i don't know the way i feel like the way you were supposed to feel at the end of that they just didn't do right it didn't well, lead the, you.
2: well yeah yeah oh. it didn't lead
1: you up to that point you didn't you didn't feel sympathy for people you're supposed to you didn't feel like animosity for you know You. you weren't well
2: but that's what i'm saying these guys were looking at an early finish line and if they really wanted to end at that spot if they wanted to have Daenerys be crazy enough to light up a city? Yeah, they needed like two more seasons to yes. build that up. That was that's not a probably, one season. Yes, that's a good point. That wasn't a truncated season or, arc.
1: Yeah, right. And I, mean, I don't even just more time, but you needed to like actually push that arc more. Like they no big time. Yeah, well, no, they
2: rushed the whole thing. It's like once they're at halfway through six, the paces. Is, is I definitely nuts. did
1: not believe she was that crazy, and I think that was probably what what Martin was going for when he like told them, "This is my ultimate idea for the end." Is that? she's probably supposed to build up to some crazy-ass yeah, villain. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you didn't believe that at all.
2: No, she was... Yeah, she needed to get Red Wedding like three more times to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... Did you
1: watch Game of Thrones or we just
0: no. this No, you actually spoiled it for me, but, you know... What? <laughs> Why I've... did you say something? No, I don't care. Right. I wasn't really about to honestly yeah, invest hilarious. all that time. But yeah, what I was thinking of the whole hours. Time is that there are so many people that watch Game of Thrones and I watched like season one and two and I loved it, but there are so many people that watch Game of Thrones that even though they're like, oh, it stopped being good after season five and six, are still going to watch it till the end. So what do they care? They're going to make the same like money either way. Well, no,
2: well, no they care because they've, they've gotten several contracts shipped but never put anything to film. Like, those guys are done. Oh, they, yeah. The, yeah, they destroyed their careers okay. over
0: it. Well, thanks for answering yeah. that. Yeah. No, 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 no. It,
2: it's, it's fascinating to review in the yeah. review. And, and that's why I'm talking about it, because I think, you know, that's what I think happened. I think they rushed it, and I don't yeah. think they they were carried longer than they should have been because the cliffhangers were really good and because each week, the week-to-week experience of watching it was still really fun. Yeah. But even though it was like, the people who really were into the books and shit were like, yo, this is becoming a parody of itself. What yeah. the hell's going on? Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, it, you know, what you put to tape matters in mm-hmm. a big way. And it's true of records, too. Like, you know, you it has to have legs and hold up over time. Yeah. And that's like it's tough stuff to consider and that, uh, um, yeah, you see that with a lot of shows. I think, I think because of the binge model, it's incentivized to like, how do we get the most buzz? But it doesn't always hold up on the rewatch. Longevity. Yeah. Like ironically, gimmicky, uh, but
1: doesn't have hold the test. No, I mean,
2: it's, this is another TV example as opposed to a music example. But I finally, after 25 years or however long was like, I'm going to watch the wire. I've heard it's like the best show ever.
1: Oh, I like the wire. It's, (laughs) <laughs> the shit yeah and I'm like
2: why I, do shows today suck yeah, so bad like I wow I the wire and I was like dude no, the wire's good man no they came so fucking correct it's been yeah. such a privilege it's like yeah. wow they just really like the, the writers great. care the photographers care the actors care it's like yeah just a like it just unreal and, and it at the time didn't get a bunch of awards right. didn't have super high viewership but the tape don't lie it holds the fuck up because a ton of care was put into it yeah
1: you know? It's true. It was great. I like Breaking Bad, too. Oh, it's, yeah, Break- so good. Breaking Bad so good. was another really good I still good haven't one.
2: seen Better Call Saul, which I've heard was epic. Me
1: neither. Um,
2: Me neither. I the spin offs are never that good. No, People that, one, like that them, one's... Though. Oh, is it? Better Call is being hailed uh, as as good, if not better. It's what? like arguably uh, I, I, oh, I haven't fuck? seen it but it's being uh rated as like one of the best prequels ever made
1: oh, yeah. Oh, shit okay. yeah yeah no i'll give
2: though. i'll give credit where it's due that
1: yeah all right, all right i'll check it out
2: i yeah that'll be an extremely hot <laughs> take if i finally watch better call Saul. and i'm like yo <laughs> you that's bullshit um but like okay so stranger things right that's still
0: yeah. coming out with episodes Last but what one. they did Last was season. they did like half
2: and yeah yeah half
0: and then two release yeah yeah And then you, if you watch that show, they they split it up in two as well because they know everyone's going to watch it in a day, which
2: that was, I would argue that was a pretty clever release strategy for that show because it's like
0: you get to binge it a little bit and then Mm -hmm. you're still hooked on like, I'm totally going to watch it. I have a timer set, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eek it out a little. Well, I mean,
2: I'll actually, I'll bring it up since I was, uh, um, watching uh since i'm on a star wars blanket uh my favorite star wars <laughs> show that came out was called andor it's like the yeah, best star wars shit that's since what I, the original trilogy i've
1: heard a couple people tell me and watch
2: that one really got fucked by its model they released the first three episodes which was smarks. if they had just released the first one people would have been like what is this because it's super slow oh. it's basically like a a very detailed spy thriller but in star wars and okay. it was made by the guy who did the born trilogy but it's oh. like I loved it over the other stuff. It was it's really nuanced and and put together I've heard good, things. but it's slow. And I think if they had just dropped it, yeah. and people got through the first three episodes and then binged it, they would have been like, "That's the the other Star Wars. That's the Star Wars."
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. But like they did do just one at a time. So yeah, so they did yeah. three,
2: okay. and then they did one at a time. And honestly, I think I think if they hadn't done the three, it would have been a fully unsuccessful yeah. thing because it is the first episodes. Really good on the rewatch, but on the first one, I was even like, Wow, this is methodical and neat, but this is slow. And yeah. then by the third one, that it little section to become
1: awesome. They, yeah,
2: that like section of the arc pays off. And then you're like, Oh, okay, they're they they know what they're doing. I've heard a lot about
1: that one. Oh, I do not watched so... any of the Star Wars shows. My my favorite of the films, I think, in the end, is Rogue One. Yeah, my I love Rogue One. Yeah. It's, I think, better than the original trilogy. That's probably my all-time favorite Star Wars movie.
2: Well, it's the other shows are fun, but they really have kind of gone for like a live action, like live action cartoon vibe. And I was,
1: I was sort of into Me, it, uh, like uh, Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian.
2: I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's pretty like cartoony and not super. Is that still, script? they There's yeah, still, still going. Up, yeah. yeah.
0: I gotta say, I watched that show. I watched all of it.
1: Mandalorian,
0: Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> I don't know, not like my opinion matters that much, but I didn't really care that much until they got Grogu. He's so cute. Oh, yeah. So yeah. every time I was like,
1: oh. oh, the mini Yoda. Yeah, yeah you Yoda, love Yoda, so much. Grogu
0: yeah, to be, you know, proper.
1: No, he, yeah, I think he
2: <laughs> helped give the show a lot <laughs> oh, of oh, likes. <laughs> and now
0: they have so much merch for Baby yeah, Yoda yeah. and I want all of it. Yeah, i know, well, with that's it. Not, I'm not Grogu. Insane, but. <laughs> but yeah, that's what hooked me. I'm a huge fan of the
1: originals. When I was yeah, a kid, no, I watched that of shit. My and then ever. when Episode One came out, oh, I mean, I guess I was old enough to, you know, when I went to the theater and watched it, and me and my friends walked out like, "What, the <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> That's
2: so funny. And
1: then it kind of happened with Episode Two, and then Episode Three was just the silliest, dumbest of all. Oh my god, George Lucas was just so out of it. And then you know the uh, later ones weren't as bad, but I think I you know, I was older now and I could like, I was, I knew what more what I was in for, like a Disney, Disney owned them by now. And yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. you know what you're getting into. And it was still fun. It was like a fun little adventure. They movie. are.
2: Yeah. Those, both of those three trilogies are kind of fascinating experience of, of uh, <laughs> That's film, films going it. horribly wrong. Oh like, yeah. There you go. Knife. No, I mean, I honestly, I kind of love the prequels. Cause I was of, I was like nine yeah. years old when the first one came out. I was the target, Sure. Audience. <laughs> sure. But then I was old enough when Attack of the Clones came out, I was like, I don't think those two people were in love. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> can I just don't, tell. Like, this is just weird and awkward. And yeah. so it's, it's like the the first three have an all the way through story that makes sense, like the rise of Palpatine and the fall of the Republic and the Jedi. Uh-huh. But they have no charisma yeah. No likable characters. Yep. And they're just awkward and strange. And then the, the latter the three... Looks yeah, oh, it's so bizarre. And then the latter three... Um, I do think the fight scenes look good. That would be the only prequel point I would give them. Okay, but sure. the uh, um, the sequels, it's like they have all the style and the characters are fun, but it's like it's as three story. movies, they make no fucking sense Yeah, whatsoever. the story isn't there. And yeah, it's insane right. that they spent that Each... much money and were
1: like, let's not make a plan. Yeah. If you could have just put them <laughs> all together, if you could <laughs> take the best elements from one and put it with the best on some another you might have had another real trilogy yeah I that mean, actually you know. like had some legs
2: well it's interesting well it is it's it's been a weird year because it is a lot of the franchises are just diving and i think to yeah. some degree it is like kind of the beginning of the age of decentralized media which i'm yeah. kind of for both yes, musically oh it was happening in the Thank music God. biz already like yeah. napster was kind of our moment where we just were like oh that was sort of when everything like as it was understood in the 30 years prior, fell yeah. apart. And then we've, we're sort of living in like, I'd say COVID was like the next thing. Cause now we're kind of reconciling with touring changing, you sure. know, and, it's and a just big difference now. events changing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, um, yeah, for films, I think they just like, you know, I think just the franchise age is done. done. You know, do, they've they've overspent so. and delivered You know, for the you know, with some notable exceptions for yeah. sure. But
1: I think you're right too in the music industry. It feels that way, but even more so in yeah, the yeah. industry where it's like people are just bored and done with these same big time things. Well, and, and I mean,
2: you know, we were learning and they were learning during the strike what we knew the whole time they were like we need real money for streaming and we're like hey motherfuckers we've been saying yeah yeah (laughs) because like
0: money to pay for streaming like
2: (laughs) some of the marvel writers were literally saying that their residual checks were like as low as a couple hundred bucks and i'm like dude that's their version of making two and a half dollars off spotify streaming yeah right right, if you're writing for a franchise that is in that the avengers is in and you're pulling a couple hundred
1: bucks off your disney plus royalties that's That's shit. Brutal. Well, you know, that, you know I mean, I maybe this is the same for the streaming movie, but definitely for the streaming music, everybody blames the Spotify like management CEOs and the, which are very highly paid, but that's a very very small percentage of their overall gross. Yeah, most of it does go back to artists. The problem isn't so much that they're like super greedy; it's that that whole model, the subscription model for all access to all music ends up not paying anything. And the same thing probably with the, with the streaming services of like, if you carry so many shows and movies for one subscription fee, literally there's not enough money to go around.
2: Yeah. It's, it's both industries are dealing with it for sure. Cause that's uh, the way my friend put it to me for music streaming uh, was that there, the reason you're making 0.002 and a half percent of a penny or whatever the thing it is per yeah, stream yeah is that they're valuing 98 99.99975 <laughs> uh the value of being able to stream it instantaneously like yeah. that's that's where the value scheme is at. it's like that's what the song is valued at versus yeah. the instantaneous yeah. connection and then i think the other thing that people forget and i certainly do because i you know macroeconomics is not my thing but it's also easy to be like They have a billion dollars. Like, well, yeah, they also have to leverage that against other things. It's like it in some ways that stuff is like, misunderstood because i do i do saying. think there's major hoarding but it's like uh, to a degree they need to leverage that for yeah. their own things it's like they're hanging on by a thread against their competition right and that's all that matters to them yeah they don't care that there's a huge balloon number right they're right. only looking at the first two numbers you know what i mean yep. they're right. looking at 15 in their wallet yep. it happens to just have a million fucking zeros against <laughs> the people they're competing against, right, right. you know
1: yeah i don't think it is this like uh greed i just i think it's a systemic thing it's a little bit that for sure well sure. i mean well the whole incentive to push it and try it is that you know find my niche in the thing but they're not it's not that so like what people would always criticize the record companies for doing and which they truly did and still do but used to to an incredible extent was just rob those artists of that you know they would just take a massive percentage of the royalties. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's not really that those guys, the stream services are taking such a massive percentage of all of the royalties. It's sort of like what you were saying. Your your one song is there with literally every other fucking Million. song in the whole universe. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, there, and one subscription fee is supposed to pay for all that for like whatever's 10, 15 bucks. So you get one one millionth, one 100 millionth oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of that subscription fee. That's all you're getting because there's just not enough when people used to pick and choose and they chose with their dollar and they would buy your art, oh, yeah, buy time, your record, time, yeah, buy yeah, yeah. your ticket, that's where you could actually see where some of that value is coming back. So it's it's weird because then by the same token, right, we want access as a user. I love Spotify, man. No, I, dude, I so, you <laughs> nailed
2: Oh, God, you just nailed it so hard because I was literally about to say I'm also just so torn because as a contributor… I feel incredibly ripped off. And as yeah. a customer, I feel incredibly satisfied. I know.
1: It's co- it's co- <laughs> we have a complicated relationship. Well, no, and it's, it's honestly, Spotify. it's why
2: none of the, the movie streaming comedy companies will release their data. It's like, they don't want people to know how little they're watching. It's the same with yeah. cable. It's why all the estimations are so shady. It's like, sure. cause cable, it's time. also different. It's like, oh, I haven't had cable in years. I was going to mm-hmm. say, Jesus. most people yeah. don't. Well, no, if you watch no, sports, that's don't. your main reason, <laughs> but I, I'm kind of out of the loop on most of it, but the, um, uh yeah, yeah it's like sports there's also something to be said for like you'll watch something because it's the best thing on and then that show might have had good numbers because it was the best thing on at 3 p.m when yeah. you're at home and bored right but then like does anyone watch that show if you like i'm had so pick much it. pickier with streaming like you yeah. know i don't yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, something that's only okay <laughs> i gotta be in a really specific <laughs> mood
1: yeah you, well, know? you know what's funny? I think there's all this wasted time. No matter what, with cable, it was sitting through these commercials. Yeah. Uh, but now with streaming, it's fucking scrolling through yeah. the stream. Yeah, you yeah. waste like half the. T- I've, how many times? I'm sure because everybody does this. Have you sat down and watched something and scrolled for so long, couldn't find something that you put it down, went did something, like or yeah. fell asleep yeah. or did something? <laughs> well,
0: you do that a lot. So this I is was true. I'm right? like, all right, first?
1: just fuck it. Now I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to scroll anymore.
0: But I was telling Conner this before that. Like, if I choose a show. I'm committed, even if I don't know if I like it or not. But I realize that part of that is because I don't want to go through that process again. I've yeah, done yeah, this yeah, show yeah. and uh, now I'm committed. At least I on, absolutely it. hate it. Yeah, which yeah. It takes a lot for me to absolutely hate it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the like, Do you like this show? I'm like, I actually don't know yet but I'm still watching it because
1: I'm yeah. loyal. It's better than scrolling.
0: Honestly,
2: sometimes that. you got to give it a fair shake.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: too,
0: Cable did that
1: when a commercial came on. You'd just be like, change the channel and it'd yeah. be like a fucking infomercial. <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> it'd be like the Golden Girls. You're like, yeah, it's better than the toothpaste commercial. Like, no, it, like, it is, dude. I I yes. uh, Golden Girls Gold was wasn't that bad. Explaining to great. some of my <laughs>
2: students that like, how you would flip between channels? Like, what do you mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you, oh, what do you, you teach? Wait.
2: No, I I was for a second coming out of the pandemic. I oh. had like a day of lessons at a school, but I don't teach teaching right drums. Or yeah, 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 just
1: yeah. drums. Yeah. Also, what is your scar? That's not from Zelda? I needed, is it? I it sure I is needed to know that Dude, is yeah. that yeah. like the, the pastures? Oh my god! It's the entire I mean, that's like one
0: yeah. Chris
2: Crystal got this for me as like one of her first presents for me. Yeah, she fucking nailed it.
0: Crystal is I knew she amazing. Was a I still got
2: it. Yeah. yeah. Wait, like,
0: Mike, do you need that for Christmas?
1: What's that? That scarf? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I'm not much of a scarf guy. I don't know if I could pull that off. Dude, look you could pull it off. The yeah. reason she likes it is because the, the colors are really pretty. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, me. I mostly wear. I don't wear super colors yeah. tons
2: too i mostly wear black for whatever oh
1: yeah? yeah oh i don't know You. Yeah, yeah. well okay you guess your pants and shoes are black it's oh dude it's yeah good. i only gray shirt. yeah all right fair enough i
2: feel so bad when i play with isaac he like really likes to color coordinate the bands and i'm like i literally only own black <laughs> pants i don't know what to tell you
1: then you
0: blend in and then whatever colors yeah. they use. actually i had
2: that with black colors too works. when we when we opened for thump Thumbath- uh thumpasaurus which i think you were shooting okay. we did uh we everyone picked a color and I called black. So I was like the only clothes I had. I
3: like, oh, and then dear. someone
2: else in the band had the same issue. And I went back and I had one pair of green Carhartts. And I was like, okay, I guess I can be you green. You to be green. Yeah. Like that does work. Green and so I was is. like, okay, man, I'll pick a different color. Cause I do have one other color I can pick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's funny. That actually made sense because you had like that screen with the green behind it was you. Epic, yeah, yeah. yeah. But really, that was hard shoot, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because you guys didn't have lights; you just had the screen. The projection.
2: Well, no, but that was cool that they hooked us up with something because yeah. originally it was just supposed to be dark. But then the guy was like, "Hey, man, we can actually leave it on if you want to put something on." And then Connor was like, "Mario playthroughs," and they were like, yeah. "Done." So then oh, we had like cool yeah. video game backgrounds.
1: Oh, I and the saw the stuff. photos that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I
0: sent you. I was, I sent him like a play-by-play. Actually, probably of your head. I remember. That. You, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like real quick yeah. and I gotta go no it's so awesome yeah it was Mario Kart yeah.
2: right well I think it was a mix I think oh, there was some was like some mixed. old school yeah. Super Mario and some like Kart and it was That's like awesome yeah I think it was just like a YouTube playlist shot up on the projector or something That's but sick. it was great
1: fuck yeah yeah it
2: was a good pick too we're definitely super pro Nintendo in that band at least me and Connor yeah, yeah you ever think <laughs>
1: playing some Nintendo songs no not at that gig we were just playing our stuff but, no, uh, have you ever thought about doing it if you're Nintendo oh play? yeah I mean we, we've um, throw in a little mario 2 no
2: we actually we used to jam a lot on the mario kart 64 theme song
1: uh, oh. just
2: at sound checks yeah yeah just that one <laughs> yep um it's like a cool odd meter jam but we never yeah. like played it a show we just would sound check with it a bunch
1: that shit is very hard to play like i was saying i've done these game covers and like much much like doing a king crimson or yes song or something like that change on a dime like here yeah there, yeah always, like, oh dude yeah it's a it's weird a whole little thing. accents all over the fucking place but it's fun especially the old games i really love the feel and the sound of like playing them on live instruments is cool oh it's so cool
2: man yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a yeah it's fun to translate the medium for sure
1: so link to the past is your favorite one no truth be told or crane of time is my game
2: oh that's, come that's my on name. that one was good but Oh no, forever. On
1: now, dude!
2: I mean, well, I get it. I, I definitely, you know, I think
1: you get that you get that it's better. No, <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I get no, I get, I get that it would probably hold the same place in someone's heart, but I yeah. think like arcane of time is like a hand coded 3d game i mean it just is yeah. a it's a perfect piece of art
1: nothing no, when that came out there was nothing else like that yeah yeah sure. and what zelda's it, done that a couple times i
2: just was spoiled like 64 was my first system so like the yeah. first four games i played were like star fox which Gold was also I, great which is also zelda great. Yep. and shit Mario was 64? the last one um yes yeah and then and then uh Diddy Kong Racing. Shortly after that, and then you know the rest. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, tons of kart and Smash. I know. Sixty
1: four is funny. I remember when it came out, and I had it, and I, I remember feeling like, ah, I don't think it's it's gonna live up to be like one of the and it turns out it's kind of one of the best ones yeah ever. i mean the controller sucks but that that's the weirdest thing is that, that controller. It,
2: it, it, i was spoiled because if, if it's the only one you've ever held you don't even think about why there's another thing you just yeah. play the game and then you feel great on it and then it was like, the stupidest. because i remember I had playing had a playstation and being like i don't like these games but this controller makes like a
1: thousand times better. more yeah, sense yeah, what the yeah. hell <laughs> <laughs> well the way letter for the wii they issued that like super it was almost like a super nintendo controller but with the analog pads oh yeah, yeah uh-huh. and i'd play some like 64 games on that on the virtual console and be like wow this is like way fucking better yeah
2: yeah that's hilarious yeah i like the gamecube out. controllers too i still use those for like a the lot new, of my the
1: switch, switch ones the pro controllers yep. are fine they're yeah, great
2: they're cool yeah it's hilarious how that goes yeah well, it's funny because we did on uh on connor's last album he like he was gonna put Nintendo samples on it yeah and it just was like I think it was just cutting it a little too close so he like recreated them yeah in a, in a, in a way that wouldn't get him but it's yeah it's well, hard that'd... to replicate and do because so, they're I mean, I... really unique sounding totally samples. well I've, I've
1: done a, you know chiptunes have you heard yeah. of that yeah, yeah I mean I've done a lot of chiptunes stuff too original oh, wow. chip tunes, and that's fun when you want to create some sounds from that stuff like I've got for the 8-bit system I've got for the NES like, like a cartridge that you plug in and it's got a MIDI out cable and so you can just plug that into any MIDI keyboard, and plug the cart into the Nintendo, and then out of the sound and video from the Nintendo, you can it'll play wow. it'll play the sound chip. <laughs> that's so cool. And then the other big one that's really popular that I have uh, for Game Boy is called LSDJ, and it's a special cart you plug in the Game Boy, and that's like a, a sequencer, a tracker. So you can go in there and pr- you know program in noise channels for the. Psh- for the like drums and all your triangle waves and mm-hmm. square waves and all the slides and bends and arcs and stuff man. and you just wow. you program it all on the game boy and then typically you know you play it out of that and just record it and then yeah yeah that's yeah. your record wow. you make it on the game boy
0: you should see it i'll show Dude. you i got some video
2: it's pretty cool If i can't hit it with a drumstick i don't trust it that just broke my <laughs> brain
1: <laughs> but it's <laughs> incredible so, well they make like plugins and sound packs i've right. seen them um that mimic old video game chips but that's what I always tell people is like you also can get just legit yeah. hardware.
2: Then. Well, that there's always someone who's looking for the real thing, you know. Yeah. That's like yeah, by Ty, my, my, my Tyler Adams will he will do literally anything he can possibly do to play a B three on a gig, like no matter what. Yeah. He's you know. Fit
1: it in there. I mean, to sound. Yeah. Fuck it's,
2: yeah. You know, and he can one man it. He's got a dolly, so I'm like,
1: wow. Well, yep if you could, you, it, you, could sw- you could bring it you can bring it you can swing yeah. it fucking yeah, make yeah. it happen no
2: he's yeah he is one of the most efficient cats i've ever worked with that's cool
1: that's cool i used to bring so many pedals like when i would play guitar to gigs and anymore i just i started putting all the things oh yeah the four piece kit is my
2: safe space for sure <laughs> yeah there you go well so
1: what i did because i still want to have a lot of like i want to at least in my brain have the a lot of options i just made like a bunch of smaller pedals yeah and then yeah. i just kind of looked before getting we like well i'll take this one and this one each one right, has right, like right. three four pedals on it uh, so they don't have to lug this giant thing yeah, you yeah. know with casters
2: through the fucking streets and into my No, uh, you know it's funny man all my guitar player friends uh there's like three types of cats there's like the the tour rig and yeah. that's got, you know, a preamp yeah. And like Kate and Tyler's band made the John T is like that. His John T rig it's is has got like a insane. whole rack that they come with. It's the with. goddamn Millennium Falcon. It's yeah unbelievable. Right. The command center yeah up. but But then he also like has a much smaller stripped down Appaloosa gig rig, you know, because sure. he does a lot of both. He does like hard John T touring and then he's working, you know, working a good amount too. But the, uh, um, I feel like it's either your tour rig or a lot of guys swear by the like, just rent me a good tube amp. And the pedal board is exactly, uh, you know, 48 pounds, including the case, so they can fly with it. And right. that's, like, their every single... It's slightly annoying for their normal gigs, but that's just their rig. Yep. Or it's, like, nah, it all fits in my mono bag, and I'll make it work. And I got, yeah. like, an overdrive pedal and a tuner. Right.
1: You're right. There is, there's, like, the super minimalist, like... There's, there's a pedal or two thrown in this duffel bag with some cables. Uh, and like, can I just, can I plug into the board? <laughs> and then there's like people, you're right, lugging around this like the tube amps and all this shit. Well, modelers is the big thing too. I mean, and that's, I think even there, there's a whole branch of that if people show up and like i have you know, an axe effects yeah and you're like yeah but it's that's all it's just sitting there it's just like yeah. an axe Effect, just sit and then other people will go like yeah i have axe effects and they have like the controller board and all the shit and like a whole rack full of stuff and everything
2: i wish i could remember what the brand is uh for both of them but i mean yeah magic beans are currently amplus like duffy and scott have paddleboard rigs that just sound yeah. insane yeah and they, like
1: the new stuff sounds really at, good
2: at the show i was like oh man this sounds really good but then when I was like in the hotel room and hearing the recording, I was like, motherfucker, like, <laughs> yeah. I really can't talk shit anymore. Yeah, like, that does not sound like an emulator at all. It sounds like he's like murdering it through a tube amp. Right. Well, you know? that, see,
1: there's a lot of advantages doing that, not just the size, weight, power thing. But when you run straight into the mains out of like a preamp or out of a you know, mo- directly out of the modelers preamp. When you listen to the recording, I mean, that's exactly what that's designed to do. Like that thing's emulating a room and a mic and all that stuff. So when you listen off the board, it's like, oh! Yeah. now yeah. when you take that signal that's designed like that and then pump it through some mains in a room, sometimes you feel a little like, yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah. good. It's not, uh-huh. it doesn't quite sound like there's like uh-huh. an old uh-huh. tube amp over there, but like it's uh-huh. pretty good. But then, when, like you said, you listen to the recordings, you'll be like, oh shit, I feel like I'm standing in front of this air. Yeah, seriously. Because it was modeled to do that. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, it's all that technology's way. gone. Because when I was a kid, multi-effects pedals suck shit. Oh, yeah. They were
2: awful. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: They were trash. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, it, it was almost, yeah, it's like almost a beginner thing to even just fuck around with having effects versus yep. even being gig functional. Yep, you know? for sure.
1: Good point,
0: they're, they're toys. Like addicted to the effects, yeah. Um,
1: oh, yeah. And they're
0: like, "What else can I do different?" Rather than like just being learning the actual thing, which I think you could say the same for like photography filters.
2: Big time. It's really oh, important absolutely. to like
0: get good. But speaking of Kaiten and, and photography filters, yeah. That's yeah. Off of Oh, that's my much. boy. Use <laughs> your phone oh, yeah. for yeah. fractal. fractal oh, with the fractal thing. effect, yeah. yeah. So I'm just that out. I mean, no, that's an well, optical no, it's... effect
2: it yeah and and, and you're 100 percent right that the the mentalities are translatable i mean it's the exact same approach and concept you know it's like yeah. hard skills in the craft versus new technology and balancing yeah.
0: that but also nobody's saying we should only be using the effects oh, and yeah, the yeah. fractals and whatever all the time it's just a really cool thing to do but if that was everything it wouldn't be cool anymore you still need like life yeah well Real you life. know i'm yeah. j-
1: a little bit of both
2: <laughs> I- i'm all for anyone who's got really high standards for the things yeah. you know but then there's also a point where sometimes i'm like are you holding things to a high standard or are you projecting insecurity exactly. right, which yeah. is happening right because right. Exactly. like, let's, uh, like yeah. i i tend to be you know and especially you know when i was younger i had tougher opinions about music or bands or like oh this isn't good or this is good and then like i
1: think most people are like
2: yeah of course it and the more you work with different things it's like you know you're just like no these are just completely different art forms and like yeah when i was in my early 20s i'd be much more likely to be like no no, no man country's cool but the funk fusion shit is just more killing because it's like harder to play and doper and that just is what it is versus like no they're just totally different art forms and yeah. if you're bitching at one that's incredible and th- th- they're apples and oranges you just can't yeah it's the yeah. wrong scaling
1: usually, by every
2: metric and usually like that's the, just unhelpful
1: if, if there's something like really good in in a song or in a style or any you know in some music it's there's you know there's something there and i think a lot of times when i've made the mistake of saying like country music sucks I'm not looking at the right things. i always! like, oh, there's not enough chords in it, or I don't like the progression, or I don't like this or that, or I I don't like the thing. and it's like, yeah, but this song, listen to what this song is about. Yeah. You know, how about that? Sometimes a song that could be even recorded poorly, maybe even played poorly, but it's an important song that's about something important, can be awesome as fuck. So nailed it. You, well, and when you're young, you don't you don't see that stuff. Yeah, well, and it's just hard to quantify it factor. You're like, yeah, yeah the tuning's a little off and they're sort of out of time with yeah. each
2: other.
0: And they note. almost
2: don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. But it's incredible. It's and magic, it's like an irreplaceable part of the music magic, history, you yes. know? And it's like how do you how do you scale that? And yeah. so that's like it's more of a wisdom versus intelligence thing, I think. You, think yeah, you get a little old way to say it. Yeah. Try some things out, you you just kinda know you know and yeah you just gotta let go sometimes it's it's art it's it's what's in between the cracks that's important mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. like it's like i'm getting god i'm i would just love it if i never had to like genre identify a band ever again oh my god yeah <laughs> just was like no just book my band and it's just gonna be dope yeah and yeah. here's like six bands we listened to when we wrote this shit
0: <laughs> that's a good
2: way to do it you know well, but like
0: people it, like us yeah just, just like yeah <laughs> hard
2: like firm genre boundaries like you obviously want to make sure you preserve History as it happened, and not get it mixed up or nothing. But there is something to be said for like if you're doing a band and you're not playing other people's music. It's like yeah, figuring out your own sound is your amalgamation of those things. You're this much, this much blues via this much, you know, early seventies funk via some failing shit. Boom, whatever makes unique. Yeah,
1: that's I line I say a lot of times. Especially like I'm just meeting somebody and and I say that play. I'll be like, oh, what kind of music do you play? And I always go, good music. Yeah. That's my I oh, think yeah. I stole that from somebody I heard yeah. it one time and I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Cause you're right. I mean, if you if you're making something original, hopefully it isn't quite labeled. Well, and, and, and now at this capable. point
2: I have bands I
1: love and hate in every single genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's yeah.
2: no longer there's yeah. genres I don't like. Right. It's more it's like the there's things in everyone I like yeah. and things
1: in everyone. And I also I have a like. lot of artists where some of these songs or albums I think suck and then some of them are great. And that will totally blow my mind. Like Omar Rodriguez, I fucking love his soul albums, but man, some of them are like so bad. They're fucking trap. I think they're awful. And then some of them I think are brilliant. And that's the same guy, sometimes the same ensemble. doing it. It's like, okay, well, just accept it for what it is, yeah. yeah, It ain't going nowhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. But on that note, it's also yeah. like, you think they suck, and some other, that might be their favorite song. That's right, and they so might hate me. the one
1: that I hate, exactly. that I love. Exactly. Charlotte you're gets to raise. No,
0: <laughs> we are not the authority on literally no. anything. No. And I'm not saying that that's not
1: Ourselves, a... perhaps. Okay,
0: yes. All yeah. right. right. Agreed. But, but you're like, right. Back one, to what Will was saying One man's earlier. trash
1: is another man's treasure.
0: What Will saying earlier was like, you said it better than I'm about to, but like, is it from confidence and purity, or is it from like insecurity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that you were talking about insecurity. I'm just opening no, this that up one to was like a broader insecurity. thing. What about, oh my about no? I, and it's stuff. It's like
1: <laughs> just I don't know. Um, what do they call that when it's just like noise, noises and stuff, or um, instrument? Well, uh, no, no, no. There's field sound kind of Mm. things, and and, and weird inconsistencies with his record, where he has like a really great, well put together song, and then the next song is just a bunch of very atonal, bizarre things happening. So it's not necessarily an insecurity in that respect. It's like, what the hell are you doing, man? You know? (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent, dude. But hey, and then I remember uh, he put out one record called Despair, which is literally all just sounds like weird backwards noise, the whole record front to back. And he put it out on vinyl. And this is when I was living in New York. I go down in the village, I see it, and I go, oh, it's a new one, my biggest record. I yeah, paid yeah, the $20 yeah. for it, take it home, I'm playing it. And Pete, you met my old roommate, Pete, He's listening, we're listening to it. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, Omar's my favorite guy, but this record is fucking, this is nothing, but just, this is really not fun to listen to. And he goes, in his one comment I loved, he goes, well, at least you had the balls to put it out there, man. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> They're like, now turn not turn off, dude. Get that shit off yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
2: side. So yeah. Well, no, that there's something to be said for that too, man, because I've had I've had cats uh you know beat up on their old stuff or whatever. And it's like, no, man, it's also like a little piece of time, and like yeah. I've had stuff that I put out, I'm like, oh man, I could have done it better now, or oh man, I wish we'd caught mm-hmm. that thing. But then it's like, no, that's someone's favorite song or yeah. whatever. I've had that, you know, I've had people be like, No, oh man, that like one. that's my jam. And I'm like, oh well.
1: Yeah. you're right it's a moment like time, you know
2: right? like as you know th- your your raise was like just you nailed it <laughs> it's like it's someone's shit yeah yeah and that it's better to just like leave it out there you know and you'll learn and get better from it and if anything like yeah they're cool little artifacts right Fuck yeah. the
0: people that enjoy it have a totally different standards than we yeah. do oh, dude. i mean i've had songs from like some of my favorite bands from when i was quite young and I love those songs, it's almost like a guilty pleasure now. But mm. they got me through some hard times. I yeah. listen on repeat, I'm crying. you yeah, know' all so important. Out. And those bands would be like, those, those, we don't play those anymore, you know? Those but it's brass, like, those are my songs. But that yep, doesn't mean yep. I don't know what I'm doing or that they didn't. But also, even with my old photos, I'm like, We don't talk about those days, but other people are like, that's still my profile. No, you know, you
2: captured like you captured someone's moment of like, you know, because that's the thing you don't know about concerts. Maybe it's (laughs) someone who gets to go to shows all the time. Maybe they live and breathe it. Maybe they're in the crew. They want to check out the new album. Maybe that's like one of three shows they actually get to go to a year. And when they look back at that, they're like looking back when they're engaged with their partner or whatever, they're like, oh shit, that was like, we really bonded over that. That we both liked that band yeah. and got to see them yeah. in a cool little club. Like, yeah. it's so easy it's to true. take for granted what we consider normal. It's yeah. So, true. so easy. so a good like, point. You know, and that it's important to weigh all that. Because I used to get like, if I thought I did bad and someone was like, oh man, you guys played so good. You really took me there. I'd like... I try not to, but I'd yeah, almost say some sometimes we, like, "Oh yeah. man, no,
1: I was kind of on the struggle bus." Everybody but... does that. You're like, "Oh yeah, we were a sloppy tonight." Uh, but
2: I'll try and keep it more in that vein of like, "No, I was struggling to get it together, but I had a blast." Yeah. Versus being like, "Oh no, no, man, uh, yeah, we, it just wasn't happening, but yeah. I appreciate don't it." Don't invalidate. Like, no, no, don't color their experience at all. Yeah. At all, yeah. because it's like it, like you said, if it's their favorite song ever and they had a shitty week <laughs> and it came up at the perfect time yeah. in the set, it's like Yeah, that's where that's where all the magic happens, you know, and you can't create that for them. That's the like exchange is like you're just developing the relationship slowly over time
3: and everyone's got their own
2: relationship with the art and it it means something different to you and something different to them. And that's like, you know, you're cradling that a little bit.
0: That's the truth. Is like people ask, "What does this song mean?" Which I love to know what the Mm. actual song means to the person that wrote it. But to the people that listen to it, they all have their own stories too. What does it mean to
1: you?
2: Well, yeah, I I think it's the mark of a good song if it's both hyper personal personal and universal right if like yeah. anyone can insert themselves in it but you okay. also had something dead ass in mind and you're not spelling it out in such clear terms well,
1: remember that we were, it can only be you when we were in florida there was that one thing that was summit art we read that quote and it was like art shouldn't be this it should be this and and oh. i was saying <laughs> what i, I which menu. i got from alex gray he wrote this you know Alex great oh yeah before. he wrote this book the mission of art and he has this okay. phrase that they love where he's saying like the best art is like a mirror it should be a mirror oh big time and so when the listener listens to this song, yeah, it could be about something. Maybe you this is what you made it about, but they it means something new to them. They see a part of themselves in it. And it's like as an artist sort of taking in your community, culture, whatever you have, and like showing it back to them, like reflecting it back in a way. It's always what grabs people in the biggest way. Yeah, no. When they can identify Absolutely. with it it means something to them. Yeah. Regardless of what the fuck it meant to you, how well you yeah. thought you did, they, oh, yeah. you know, it hits them in a certain way. Dude, yeah, you're 100% on it, dude. <clears> hmm. <throat>
0: Do you want the quote?
1: Yeah, give guess the quote yeah. and then we better.
0: The principles of true art is not to portray but to evoke. And that's when you're Oh, that like, was the
1: quote we read. No,
0: not evoke, reflect, <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. like the same. Similar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Similar. Well, whether you evoke or reflect
0: Dada uh, restaurant that we went to. So it was like all dada isn't.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Wow. But yeah, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> a story for another time.
1: Well, this, we did some nice art philosophy yeah. there. Yeah. You know, and we started this going like, we usually don't talk much about music on this podcast. If it comes <laughs> up, this whole fucking episode was not about music.
0: It was, uh, all, it was all of you <laughs> and
1: nuances though I think oh Daniel and a little Malata. bit of Zelda no, definitely <laughs> once I saw that
2: you were a nerd I was N64. like I will go in if he talks about TV or video games or any of that oh, shit oh that's right okay,
1: yeah.
0: Game of Thrones yeah, right. we, we, ran yeah, we ran the gamut the whole time we ran the gamut yeah
1: yeah No, you know <laughs> dude thanks so much for doing it oh thanks, thanks for, for coming over me, and hanging out exactly my kind of hang
3: yeah
1: well I like I throw jams and stuff too you should come over sometime I would love to too yeah, yeah, and you want to pitch anything? This, you got a couple weeks out, but like anything you have coming up in the new year, Ooh, you want to pitch? Yeah. Pitch it up, baby.
2: No, oh, that's awesome. Um, the next few weeks are crazy. Uh, I'm flying to Alaska tomorrow Ooh. Whoa! to uh, to play with the High Hawks on the first and the second up at the Sitzmark in Girdwood, <laughs>
3: uh,
2: which is like one of my main touring bands with old Vinny Herman and mm-hmm. Tim Carbone and Chad Staley and Brian Adams and Adam Gruel. It's a great... Great bunch. Damn. Uh, and then um, we have an album coming out early next year and the Colorado dates are booked in February, um, the uh, 14th through the 18th, I believe. Uh, little Boulder, little Fort Collins, little Denver. A little
0: Valentine's Little Frisco. <laughs> um,
2: but then I'm also playing with Juno you know What uh, nice. on the 8th with uh, Joey Porter's band, Damn. which is yeah, fucking really awesome. Gonna... I love yeah. those dudes and that music and then um
0: December 8th
2: yeah um very nice and then I have yeah and then uh Taylor Scott bands at Ophelia's on the 21st with Casey Russell Holiday Holiday Vibe and then Gold Leader uh my funk band that I I co-lead with a bunch of my crew is uh is doing the Lariat in Buena Vista on the 29th and then we're playing with Circles Around the Sun and Adam Deitch Quartet december 30th wow. as cervantes doing the saturday new year's wow. um and so that's awesome and we're uh we're working on a new album right now uh that we're probably about halfway through there's still a ways to go but it's it's also my first time uh producing a record uh, oh, which is super cool. exciting i'm co-producing it with luba
1: oh fuck yeah um that's exciting and
2: yeah so that I mean,
1: you're a busy man
2: yeah, yeah I told you you play
0: with every band you've ever seen yeah, yeah <laughs> there's a lot
2: the, I, I was trying to be strategic but those are definitely the ones where if anyone's listening please come out and support yeah. we have like really unique and cool cool nights planned you know sure. so um, you know support original yeah. artists as much as you possibly can we're really trying fuck
1: yeah <laughs> fuck yeah and I put all the links and all the things in the, yeah. the metadata oh man dude well, thank you Thanks guys so much for, much for having I me
2: absolute pleasure yeah
1: it was awesome
2: dude so fun damn straight yeah i really wasn't sure what to expect whether it was going to be like interview or or just like hang
1: but that was like it's all